0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes.
0: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. welcome back hawkeye nation to another episode of the locked on hawkeyes podcast your daily podcast covering your iowa hawkeyes on the locked on podcast network as always i am your host and as we do after every single iowa hawkeye game we are joined by former iowa running back and my co-host on monday mornings today is saturday morning though uh leshawn daniels jr leshawn how you doing today buddy
1: we're doing great doing great always feeling good You after we beat nebraska um and it's just a yearly thing at this point so we're feeling we're feeling going great
0: (laughs) it it does feel it feels really nice to wake up and be like you know what? i had the whole day of watching college football iowa already got the w it's very it's gonna be a very interesting day of watching college football um it pains me to say this but Row, row, row your boat, PJ, because I want to get to the Big Ten championship game. Um, I know that's something you might not even want to utter ever, but we're going to talk about that on the show today. Before we get to that, though, I want to thank you all for making um, our Monday morning episode, our Monday morning recap. Me and Lashon, that episode, your first listen every single day, as well as all of our other episodes we drop throughout the week. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube for free by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. And this episode with Lashon is brought to you by. NetSuite. suite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth head over to netsuite.com locked on NTAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses so let's get to it um i want to quickly get your thoughts on how does it feel to root for minnesota today
1: <laughs> uh it's tough it's definitely tough but it's all right because you know that if they win right you know we get to go to the Big Ten title game. So it's like, you know, something you just got to swallow. And it's like, all right, mom, Minnesota, after we ripped your hearts out, year after year, after, you know, we won yesterday, so you guys can't make it to the title game. It's like, yeah, but we still need you guys to win today. Um, so, you know, we can make it to the title game. So it's like, ah, I don't want to, but, you know, we have to. And so hopefully they can get it done today.
0: It would be it would be quite amazing that we not only beat Minnesota as you said we ruined their chances of getting a big Ten West title and then they give us the big Ten West <laughs> title it would be and if you're Minnesota you got to be thinking man we're just we're damned if we do damned if we don't here because if we lose we lose to Wisconsin and we hate losing to Wisconsin I mean you're just in a real crap position all around but mm-hmm. um, nevertheless good for Iowa to put ourselves in this situation beating Nebraska yesterday and it was, One of the most ridiculous games I have ever seen. Uh, I was telling you before we started the show, I was uh, already going through the stages of grief thinking, you know what? It's okay. Uh, It was a good football season. I enjoyed watching them play. Uh, Nine and three ain't bad. Uh, You know, we'll go to the Music City Bowl. Nashville will be a hoot, whatever. You know, that's that's literally what I was thinking at 21 6. Um, I hate myself for doing that, but Iowa figures out a way to come back. Was this one of the more impressive comebacks you've ever seen?
1: uh yeah this was a great great (laughs) win um you know for those guys i mean you're down 21 to 6 i mean it 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 was looking real real grim (laughs) um you know in that third quarter um you know we end up getting a field goal again 21 9 going into the fourth quarter you're still down by 12 like that's not a good spot to be in. And especially with how efficient Nebraska's offense was being at the time, it's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, if we'll be able to be able to battle back. But, you know, knowing the guys, knowing the staff, right, it's never any quit. And we we saw that. Um, so huge, huge win. Impressive um to battle back like that. Um, and come from behind, you know, in the fourth quarter and come and get that victory. So
0: Absolutely, man. So at five minute, at the five minute mark in the third quarter, what was your confidence level that Iowa would win? Because mine was about one.
1: Uh I mean, what did I say in our group chat? Uh now we were just talking. We was just like, uh, of course Iowa's selling right now, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, but it's Iowa, right? It's Iowa. Um, we'll see what they do. There's always something, always a play. Um, in games like in rivalry games like this. Um, you know. That's going to change momentum. And sure enough, did. Right. Um, But halfway through that third quarter, I'm like, "Ah, it's not looking great. Especially after, uh, you know, we had the good drive and then Tyler fumbled. Um, You know, in the red zone, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Next thing you know, they drive right down the field, go and score. And I'm just like, oh, this is not looking great. I think we still have a chance. We still have a chance because I felt like at that point in time in the game, a lot of, uh, you know, the things that we were doing were really just self-inflicted wounds, right? It wasn't anything that they were doing uh, that was preventing us from being in the ballgame. It was just all, all we're doing. And, you know, when the fourth quarter came, we changed that right around um, pretty quickly. So,
0: Yeah, I want to get to, uh, obviously, the touchdown that got overturned and the uh, Tyler Linderbaum, Tyler Goodson, collision, fumble, and and how many points left on the board. But first, I want to I get to a thing you mentioned. We always have something drawn up. We always have something ready to go for these rivalry games. And I think to a common fan, you don't typically realize there are very specific play calls on special teams. There was a specific play call they had for that punt block. Henry Marquis executed it perfectly last week against Illinois. They saw something on tape that said if Charlie Jones gets the football in the right end of the end zone, he's going to take it all the way across the field, and that could spring a touchdown against a team who's only allowed for kick returns, not touchdowns, kick returns in general. So I think it's pretty impressive of LeVar Woods and what he's seeing on film uh, to be able to put these types of things together, and then ultimately for the Iowa Hawkeye football players to execute on that. That punt block was Truly amazing. At that point, I was like, I I don't know what what we have to do here. We have to have some sort of big play. You don't typically see a lot of pump blocks. Um, Beautiful, beautiful pump block by Henry Marquise, though. Fully extended. Even if he missed the ball, wouldn't have hit the punter. There was no chance of roughing the punter. Just, oh my God, what a beautiful play all around. And then Kyler Fisher, just the ball just floating right into his hands, like a little angel coming out of the, the heavens. And then just getting escorted into the end zone by Jay Higgins. I mean, um, all around, just an amazing pump block. I know you haven't played a lot of special teams. You've been fortunate enough to to not necessarily have to do that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> what were your thoughts on that pump block?
1: Uh, just incredible, incredible um, game-changing play. Um, and, you know, it's one of those things that you expect from, from your seniors, right? When – uh, you know, when everything's going not the way you want it to, and the going gets tough, right? You're, you're, as a team, you're looking to towards, you know, those seniors and those leaders on the team uh, to make a play. And, you know, Henry went out and did just that, right? Special teams isn't just, I know a lot of people, you know, kind of think of special teams. It's just like, oh, okay, like whatever. It's just some other play um, until the next offense or the defense comes out on the field, right? But those are actual plays that can be used as weapons um, for your team. And uh, they're treated that way as such at Iowa, right? I mean, you go in the meeting rooms, um, they have special teams meetings, right? They're drawing up plays. They're critiquing every single player that are on the field. in the special teams, like, they're treating it like it's not just some other play, like it's an important, those are important plays in the game. And I think Henry had said that um, it was all preparation. They knew how they were going to be lined up. They knew what opportunities were gonna be if they um ran you know their pump block to perfection, right? And then Henry said that they got a he had got a tip on their cadence, you know, throughout the game. And then, you know, when the opportunity came, right, they were all ready for it and you know they they made do on it, right? So uh it's huge, huge, huge um plays in the game. And when those guys preparing like that and when you have your seniors stepping up like that, uh I mean there's no way you can't win there's no way you can't win
0: games so i think i would equate and this is gonna be a bad analogy but i'm gonna try it anyways i would equate special teams in college football the way people look at it as the way people look at the right fielder in elementary school baseball like Mm -hmm. it's almost like it doesn't matter we're just gonna put whoever out there but in all actuality that's a really important position and a lot of times games can be won and lost by your performance there i think what's even more impressive is We've seen year over year, we've seen guys who have been three-star recruits coming to Iowa who play four, five, six years. They change positions multiple times. I mean, I think Henry Marquis started out as a wide receiver. He's technically a defensive back. Um, we saw Devonte Young go from wide receiver, defensive back, back to – it might have been the other way too. But we see these seniors um, stick with the program. And I, I don't I've never been a three star recruit. I've never been a four. I mean, I've never been a recruit for for football or any sort of high level sport like that. I had some NAI offers. So really just nothing to, to talk about. I don't I don't know how you deal with that. That's got to be tough to come in and, and kind of be humbled a little bit to thinking maybe I have a chance to go to the NFL. Maybe I have a chance to go to the next level. And then you stay with the program for five or six years. And it comes down to a huge play like that. Um I don't even know how to ask this question, but what does it, I guess, what does it mean for, for you and other Iowa Hawkeye football players to see guys like that stay committed throughout their time and come up big in a huge way for the Iowa Hawkeye football program?
1: Yeah, it's it's tough, right? I mean, it's it's tough because, um, you know, you know that those guys, uh, I mean, could probably go to a smaller school, could probably transfer to a smaller school and play, you know, every single down on offense or defense or wherever. Right. Um, but, you know, to have those guys around and stick around the program, those are things that really, I think, help keep your program um, really at the level that you want it to be. Um, because, you know, when guys start transferring out all the time because they're not playing the way that they – they're not playing as much as they want to play – or they don't have uh, the, the quite the impact that they're they looking for, um, you know, as a lot of revolving doors, right? There's lots of people that are coming in and out, um, and you're not really sure, like, who, who you can trust and who are going to be leaders on the team. But when you have people like that who stick around and embody the Iowa way, uh, you know, it, it only makes sense for people, new people who are coming in for the freshmen, are uh, coming in or other transfers that are coming in, like hey, like these guys are sticking with the program, they're dedicated to the program, they obviously love their teammates and being around, um, to be there. And if they know that when their number is called and they do have the opportunity, uh, to make a play, they go ahead and do that, right? We saw that the past couple of weeks with Henry Marquise, and we've seen it, we saw it plenty of times with Devonte Young, um, you know, when he was in school, right? And these guys our guys who stick to the program, they embody the Iowa way. They obviously love the teammates and the people that they're around. And they know, like, hey, yeah, I probably could have gone elsewhere and maybe had an outside shot at playing in the NFL, but I love it here, right? And I want to make I want the most of my opportunities here when I get them. And those guys have definitely done so.
0: Yeah, man, it's, it's pretty impressive. Uh, I'm going to throw you off with this next one for a bit, but this is it the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours, but on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business, LaShawn? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. You didn't see this one coming, did you? There's an ad read right here. <laughs> Over, <laughs> NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-year, or one-of-a-kind year or one financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. Head over to netsuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. And again i want to thank you all for making the lockdown hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day you can find the lockdown hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on youtube by searching locked on hawkeyes probably threw you off for that one for a little bit i wanted to see i could i got like you probably have no idea what i'm talking about right now as i said like no are we talking about golfing why why did you just switch from henry marquis to golfing um try to be transitioning there but i did not give you any heads up on that at all um so before we we took a break we talked about henry marquis Devontae young the guys who Make such a huge impact in the special teams phase of the game, which, as we have seen, is a huge reason why Iowa can win and be so successful. There's a reason why they have 10 wins this year. It's not because our offense is high powered like Oklahoma's. Um, our defense has had sometimes they've struggled. Our special teams have had sometimes they struggle, but special teams yesterday won the game for the Hawks. I mean, four field goals by Caleb Shudock, which, by the way, the fact that he is not a Lou Groza Award finalist. Is absolutely flabbergasting to me. I mean, the guy is just so consistent and can also just boot the ball. I was kicking that 51 yard field goal, my buddy's like, He can't make this. Look at him, he's five foot six. And I was like, Watch him make this and have like five to six yards to go. He kicks, he's like, All right, I don't know where the heck you guys are getting these kickers at. Nebraska can't find anyone to kick a ball through the uprights, and you guys keep churning these guys out. I'm like, Funny enough, that guy came from Council Bluff. So, um, anyways, lots of lots of fun things from a special teams perspective. Anything you want to add on to about Caleb Shudok?
1: Yeah, no. Um, you know, great guy. Uh, I think he was there. My Is he there when you were here? I want to say he was there when I was a senior. I feel you like that's there how Keith, he right? Yes, yeah, yeah. So Caleb Keith was would have there. been there too. Yeah. 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 So it feels like, yeah, he's been in the program forever. <laughs> and you know, obviously, just happy to see him you know, have success. Right. I mean, he stayed the stayed of the course and decided to stick, stick with it. And, you know, he's had his opportunities this year and he's definitely made the most of it. So, yeah. Um, Caleb has been probably our best offensive player this year. <laughs> um, you know, as good as, uh, Tyler has been, um, both Linderbaum and Goodson, uh, Caleb's probably our best offensive player this year. Uh, so, um, it's really a shame that he wasn't a finalist for the Lou Groza because he's playing, been playing that well. Um, but he will probably get the recognition hopefully in some way, shape or form, um, you know, in the postseason awards whether hopefully making some lists or things like that. So,
0: It'll be interesting. I mean, uh, two of the three Lou Groza award finalists are kickers in the Big 10. You got Ohio State kicker, you got the Michigan kicker. And mm-hmm. I would love to see Caleb shoot be a first team all Big 10 the way he absolutely deserves. Um, we're going to have some big kicks in the Ohio State my or Michigan game today mm-hmm. as well. So maybe uh, maybe separates themselves a little bit there. Uh, yeah. Talked a little bit about the comeback and how impressive that was. The fact that Iowa persevered through a lot of just issues all around. Um, just some Real fluky plays uh, what I would call some poor officiating early on. I want to get your thoughts on the touchdown catch or no catch by Sam Laporta. Did you believe that was a catch?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was was a ridiculous reverse. I mean, he literally catches the ball, his butt, like, touched the ground. He's, like, on the ground for, like, a second, and then the ball, like, pops out. Absolutely ridiculous that they overturned it. And I feel like officiating in general this year and Football at both the college and NFL level this year has just been horrendous, and I don't know what's up with it. Um, I know a lot of the refs are part time, right? And they go they go ref a game, and then they go to their law firms or whatever like Monday morning, right? I think things that I would like to you know see change with that is you know move to some full time refs, refs that um, you know only focus on officiating at least during the season. so, you know, they can actually do their job properly and actually make the right calls and see the right things on the field. Because, yeah, it's really frustrating when, um you know, your guys go out there and they make a great play. And then, you know, one of the striped shirts decides, nah, that's not that's not that's not it. <laughs> right. So um the officiating has been was yesterday was really, really terrible on a number of different fronts um and that's really all i have to say about that i thought yeah uh sam made the catch I, was, I didn't even think anything of it i was like oh, okay cool we're on the board um we were able to answer right um but obviously it just wasn't the case so
0: yeah i mean i have no idea what a catch is at this point or or what it means for a play to be confirmed or stay i mean like i my thing is if it's a play that you cannot decisively tell which way it went and mm-hmm. you call it a certain way Typically, it means you don't have enough evidence to, to overturn it. And somehow Nebraska had ev- enough evidence, to, or the, the not Nebraska, the, the officials had enough evidence to overturn three different catches. Yeah, I mean, two of them were Nebraska's. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what to say on both of the Nebraska catches. Uh, th- as a Nebraska fan, you can't be upset because you got one of the two. Um, as an Iowa fan, I could kind of see both. I could kind of see both those not being catches. I could kind of see both them being – I mean, like, I have no idea what, what a catch is at this point, but um, <laughs> nevertheless, there's also some very interesting targeting or no targeting calls. Now, I'm not a big fan of targeting penalties. I think there's a lot of uh, iffy instances, like if a wide receiver drops down and a, a defensive back is lowering their head to to hit a guy in the waist and the guy drops their head down targeting, that. that there's not a lot the guy can do there. Um, there was an early play against Arlen Bruce and he got popped hard. Uh, I thought that probably should have been called targeting. I also thought the play where they called roughing the passer on Alex, or against uh, the defensive end against Alex Padilla. Um, they were looking at it for targeting and my buddy was like, that's not targeting. I'm like, dude, the guy went up to Alex, had his hand and then extended it and just chucked him down. Like, mm-hmm. I know that's not targeting, but that is forceful intent to potentially injure a guy. I want to get your thoughts on those two calls.
1: Yeah, so the targeting that they reviewed um on the hit against Arlen um it's it, it's definitely like what is in the rulebook for targeting, right? I mean the guy yeah. lowered his head and basically you know speared him in his head. Um but I feel like it's a lot harder to call when they're not defenseless and you know they're they're as a runner. Yep. Um and I mean, it's, I know like on, as a defensive player, you're taught, obviously, hit with your head up and all these different things, but it's hard, right? I mean, especially when you're going against guys who, uh, create, can create explosive plays, like it's hard to, uh, you know, go in there with perfect technique and all these different things. So I think that like calling targeting is tough. And yeah, I was, I was fine with them, you know, not calling it. Because, I mean, again, it's, it's the last game of the year. You don't want to get kicked out on some, on some nonsense, but I mean, it was the definition of targeting. Right. And I think a lot of people would just like for the officiating, just be consistent. Right. Um, whether, you know, they make like, is it targeting or is it not right. And, you know, have it the same way all the time instead of, you know, it kind of being iffy. And I mean, I know like a lot of that stuff gets obviously like reviewed upstairs, gets reviewed with the rest. And then, um, like, yeah, you got to figure out some some way, right, to make it all consistent. And the one, uh, you know, uh, against Alex, um, I mean, yeah, he did take his hand and uh, shove his face, which was ridiculous. <laughs> Definitely roughing the past 100 yeah. percent without a doubt. Um, but targeting again. Um, I just I'm just not a fan of the targeting call. Yeah, it's crap. Right on. Right yeah, I'd much rather just be like some personal foul unnecessary roughness and just you know it's called a day and uh leave it like leave it at that um but yeah doing like that one is targeting because it wasn't um but yeah that one was more forceful than i would say like intent wise than the one on arlen earlier in the
0: Yeah, I could definitely get on board with that. Um, I'll have a couple other interesting calls, no calls, and situations I want to talk about. Before we get to that, though, I know it's Thanksgiving weekend. I know it's Black Friday. You might have lost some money yesterday shopping or or your spouse shopping or whatever it might be. But you can make some of that money back by going to betonline.ag. Nothing goes better with turkey and Black Friday shopping than football and betting bet online has you covered for all the holiday season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this thanksgiving weekend so head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website sign up today and receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your promo code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n when you sign up that's not that hard just get a 50 percent welcome bonus upon sign up and it's not just football that bet online has bet online has pro and college hoops nhl boxing ufc and your favorite Vegas casino games. And don't wait take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Personally, my wife and I spent a couple hundred dollars yesterday on shopping. We just wanted some clothes we wanted. I went to betonline.ag. I played some bets on Iowa basketball. I played some in-game bets on Iowa football. And I made out like a bandit yesterday. And you can do that today as well by going to betonline.ag, the fastest. And the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, betonline.ag. We are stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. And speaking of stuffed. After you get stuffed, after you have all that delicious food, you want to start eating healthier. Check out Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market today. It is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And they have so many amazing deals going on right now with this Black Friday weekend. They have new limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. If you want high end deliciousness at a discount all through Black Friday weekend, get at least 20% off. At anything and everything you want at built.com that's b-u-i-l-t.com all you need to do is enter the promo code lock 20 they have a new flavor ruby chocolate puffs which oh, i know i sent you the regular bars but the puff bars are truly delicious you gotta check them out they also got lemon dipped cheesecake puffs and they got a built crave bar that's a little bit crunchier just like your normal candy bars truly it is absolutely amazing um, i know i have a couple boxes of built bar still but i placed some orders yesterday as well i just couldn't Pass up all these great deals and all these amazing flavors. So, go to builtbar.com and you'll get 20% off and also two free Crave Bars. So, not only are you getting 20% off at builtbar.com, but you also get two free Crave Bars. Plus, you can get 60% off built broth. And a built boost. Built boost is kind of like a, a nice little energy pickup. It's truly delicious. And 40% off built swag. You want to rock some built swag, get it for 40% off. All you need to do is go to built.com, B U I L T.com, and enter the promo code LOT20. So many great deals going on at builtbar.com today. All right, LaShawn, I want to talk about a few other uh, interesting situations. There was a play where Tyler Linderbaum just absolutely destroyed his defensive tackle. And honestly, we saw it like probably seven or eight times. We've seen it all throughout the season. He embarrassed that guy so much. The guy got up and was like, That's got to be unsportsmanlike conduct. I uh, throwing up, you know, trying to get a penalty called. Um, <laughs> how much joy does that bring you seeing Tyler Linderbaum embarrass and destroy guys so badly that they feel like there's a penalty on the play for him just being that darn good?
1: Yeah. First off, it just tells you how soft
0: uh, their
1: players <laughs> were. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like, what do you think? Like, he's blocking to the whistle um, just because, you know, he drove you you know, five yards back and then pancakes you, (laughs) it doesn't mean, uh, that is, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a late, late block. So, um, but you know, as offensive guy, you know, seeing that, uh, that's just, that's just awesome. Right. I mean, um, offensive line is like one of the positions where one of the few spots where, in really life where you get to take another grown man and move him against his will. And then, you know, you can finish it off by you know slamming him to the ground. Like <laughs> there's the, <laughs> there's not too uh, too much better things than you can do than that. And you know, I love seeing that because that just tells you uh, first off how creative a player that Tyler is, um, but also his his nasty streak that he has and how he's going to go hard. You know, through the whistle every single time. And if you don't like it, <laughs> tough luck. You better find a way to beat the block and get around him, or you know him but it's very rare that that's going to happen so that that, that was awesome though I,
0: i love watching tyler linderbaum play um there are some weird rumors floating around that maybe he actually returns i would be so shocked if he returns uh this is the second time in a row we have a center who is the best in college football uh you're very familiar with the first one uh james daniel your brother who had an opportunity to go to the nfl i just don't know how Tyler Linderbaum doesn't take that opportunity. He's projected as a top 15 pick. Um, if for whatever reason that guy decides to return, uh, watch out defensive tackles next year because he <laughs> is going to just absolutely annihilate and manhandle everyone all season. Um, we have managed to make it 27 minutes without saying the words Spencer Petrus, Alex Bedia, or quarterback. And I think that's honestly a new record for any show I've done. Uh, on a Monday morning uh, with you and then previously with Matt. Um, we got to talk about, though. Alex Padilla comes out. Now, there's some interesting stuff about a flu bug coming around. Sounds like Alex might have been sick. Maybe Spencer was, was sick as well um, before this week kind of started. Alex comes out. I thought he had a really nice first drive. I thought he did a great job of handling um, the offense. We should have scored that touchdown. Then he started making a few questionable throws. Uh, there was the one ball um, he was trying to – we had an open tight end uh going into the flat he just couldn't get out you know couldn't get it up enough kind of knocked down by the defensive end great play by the defensive end who or i don't think it might have been their linebacker uh might have been Cam taylor or Cam tanner or something i don't know his name mm-hmm. uh thought that was just a solid play by the, the linebacker um the other there's another play where we had another i think tight end going across the middle wide open all Alex but needs to do is just throw it about six feet higher just loft that ball you don't gotta chuck it hard just loft that ball up and we're gonna get it and then he had a really bad decision on the sideline trying to get the Keegan Johnson and double coverage where that was just – that should have been picked. That was just mm-hmm. a bad, bad throw. Um, Were you shocked to see Spencer Petristen come in in the second half?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> to say I wasn't – I would have been lying. Um, yeah, I was definitely shocked. Uh Hmm, I don't want to say it. I mean, I was shocked for sure. I thought Alex – was playing okay i mean they were moving the football really 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 well thought first off thought coach brian called a pretty good game yesterday probably his best game of the entire year without a doubt i definitely Um, want to
0: talk about that in a second because i was clapping back at people yelling about brian fair should be fired after the second drive i was like y'all are just ridiculous Mm -hmm. right now like come Mm -hmm. on sorry (laughs) keep going with your thoughts
1: (laughs) yeah yeah no but uh yeah Alex was making questionable throws where honestly frankly if their defensive guys could catch, they probably would have uh it probably would have been a different game, right? I mean, uh James Laurinaitis in the booth was saying, like, yeah, of course, that's why these guys are playing defense because they can't catch, right? I'm, I'm sure if James Laurinaitis was out there in those positions, those would have all been interceptions, without a doubt. Yep. So, um, yeah, Alex is making questionable throws, but I mean, I feel like that's just uh, you know, to pull them. I don't know, maybe something was maybe something happened or whatever. Um But to pull him, I thought that was, that was strange, but, you know, credit Spencer for being ready. Right. I mean, he came in the game and, you know, made the throws that he had to make. Um, Frankly, they weren't the prettiest throws. A lot of them were ducks. They kind of wobbly
0: duck. (laughs) I was like, what had just happened? Like that ball was nasty. I don't know how (laughs) Nico came up and caught that.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but, (laughs) You know, he came in, he was ready and, you know, made the plays that he had to make, made, really made a lot of the throws that he had to make. And then the offensive line was doing a great job in pass protection. Um, You know, because obviously, you know, uh, you know, Spencer's not a mobile guy, right? They're not, they're getting, they didn't really do a lot more. They didn't really do any rollouts too, too much. I think they ran like one with Spencer in yep. the second half, but uh the offensive line was, did a great job knowing that they were going to have to, Hey, sit back and, um, you know, pass protect. Um, and then obviously like we were able to run the football to again, take the pressure off the quarterback as well, uh, quarterbacks as well. So, um, yeah, I was definitely shocked to see Spencer in, but, you know, I was happy that he came in and obviously played well and, um, you know, was able to make the plays, um, needed to help win the football game. So,
0: yeah, this is going to be um, if Iowa makes the Big Ten championship game. This is going to be the number one topic of conversation. If Iowa doesn't make the Big Ten championship game, we are going to have a month of who is playing quarterback and a lot of speculation in regards to transfer portals and that kind of stuff. Uh, it'll be it's going to be a long, it's going to be a long month and a half uh, of mm-hmm. of that being the centerpiece of conversation. Um, we've talked about this. I think we both kind of agree with where. With where we stand on the quarterback situation, anyone who's listened to us talk knows what our I think preference is. Um, I talked about the fact that yeah, there's some risky throws, but Ricky Stanzi also threw about a million pick sixes, it felt like, <laughs> and and yet you know, Iowa was winning football games. Um, I I will say this, uh, kudos to Spencer to be able to come into that game and perform well. He made some really nice throws. He made some of the ugliest looking throws I, I think I've ever seen. But ultimately, he got this. He got the job done, and. Two things I also want to point out. There's a couple times where Spencer had had pressure on him and was about to get hit and was able to get the ball out. Um, Alex Badia's release is really quick. Spencer's a little bit more elongated. But in some games, we've seen Spencer, when he's getting ready to throw the ball, just take it and just get sacked. And he actually made the throws this week a couple times. Like, oh, he's going to get sacked. Oh, he's going to get – and then he actually threw. So that was impressive to see um, some of that development and growth. And just a shout-out to our offensive line. We spent. Three-fourths this season talking about how atrocious this offensive line was and how bad it was. Um, I've spent the better part of two years talking about how I have not been impressed with Jack Plum. And I, I don't like to call people out, but um, there have been a lot of inconsistent performances. Uh, this offensive line, for the most part, did a pretty good job. There were definitely some struggles. Connor Colby just got annihilated on a, a regular, a regular uh, pass rush. But he's a true freshman. You're going to see that happen. Um, but overall, this this pass-blocking unit has gotten a lot better, and that gives me a lot of hope going into the re- remaining part of the postseason, I guess, with the Big Ten championship mm-hmm. game potentially and then um, obviously a, a postseason game. Any thoughts on that before I move on for the, the rest of the show?
1: Yeah, uh, they definitely done a much better job, really, I think, these last three weeks. Um, and they've and send a, definitely kind of settled on some guys who they feel – um, gives them the best chance to win. And that's really what I've been talking about on all year. Like, yeah, gotta find five. Yeah. Gotta find five. Gotta find five. Right. And, um, not they've been in, right. We've seen them obviously get better week after week. Right. And it's only going to improve. Right. Cause they know that they're in. Right. And they know that they can, they don't have to worry about, you know, if they mess up maybe one play, right. They're going to get pulled and then someone else is going to be in for them. Right. So, um, Credit, ton of, ton of credit has to go to the offensive line because they've been battling, battling all year. And obviously, you got to credit uh, the staff as well for finally sticking to some guys
0: and um, getting them ready to, to
1: play on Saturdays and Friday.
0: So, yeah, man. Uh, tr- truly amazing. Um, I want to talk very briefly about the defense. We don't talk about defense a ton here because it's usually just really good and very consistent. Um, and so, I mean, what else are you going to say there? A um, couple shout outs Riley Moss uh, without a PCL has been performing lights out and has been a rock solid piece in the secondary. Jamari Harris um, is playing well and extended playing time with Matt Hankins um, out for the foreseeable future with what appears to be a hamstring issue. Um, just my thoughts there. Uh, I want to talk though about the running, the rush defense. Um, mm-hmm. If Iowa makes the big 10 championship game, it's either against Michigan or it's against Ohio state, both those teams very good at running the football. Now a little bit more traditional um, than what Nebraska did, but, what are your thoughts on Nebraska's option game? I, I thought the way they're running the football, I'm like, why aren't you guys doing this all year? Mm-hmm. Like, stop like stop throwing the football. Just do the like that was tough for me. I had no idea where the ball was half the time. I was like, I honestly am impressed that we had one guy, and thank thank God our tackling was a little bit more fundamentally sound. We had a much better uh tackling performance. But man, their their rushing attack was good under Logan Smothers. I really liked oh my gosh, the the running back sweep where then he like he looked like he was, and then just optioned it at the last second yeah. like okay how are we supposed to stop this like i, I it's yep. ridiculous so any, any thoughts on their rushing attack and um and what you saw from that and how Iowa <laughs> eventually got better at stopping it
1: yeah it's uh very very interesting um approach to the triple option and bringing it into modern football um frankly it, it they never uh had any you know mishouse with the exchanges uh that they were doing they probably won that game It probably (laughs) win. Um, (laughs) Um, but you know, uh that's that's the part of the triple option, right? You gotta make sure that you know the exchanges are crisp all the time, right? Everyone knows who has the ball, the quarterback is knows who has it, right? To avoid those fumbles. Uh, but it's hard to do, right? Because you really have to play assignment football. And thankfully Iowa does really a really, really good job of playing assignment football because again, you have to be responsible for your guy you can't have you can't be caught like looking backfield trying to figure out who has it and who doesn't right you just know you have to do your job and focus on your part right and yeah if i was nebraska i don't know why you would even bother passing the football um right if i don't have to i'm just gonna run that all all game and then you know when i get in a situation where i have to pass it then we pass it right i mean it's not like you know you're in the NFL where you know the defenses are going to be Uh, you know, lights out every single week. Right. And uh, you have to keep those guys off balance and college. You literally could probably run if it you could probably run the same play every single time and until they stop it. Right. And you would have success with it. So um, I'm Nebraska going forward. That's what I would do. That would be my focus. Right. And obviously still continue to improve your pass game. Right. You got to be able to throw the football a little bit. But yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't continue doing that.
0: Yeah, I mean, Logan Smother is 16 of 22, so when he did have to throw the football, it worked pretty well. It just felt like they ran the ball the entire game. But, I mean, when you have athletes like that, uh, it it makes it so much better. If you think about, like, Army and Navy and a lot of those, like, those academy schools, they run the triple option because it's a way of minimizing the risk and allowing, you know, on – Lesser athletes yeah. to be able to yeah. to put points on the board because it relies on deception. But imagine mm-hmm. deception with good athletes and quality tight ends and wide receivers who can run and a quarterback who can kind of throw. I mean that I don't know why they. Ha- I mean you put that modern spin on that triple option and I'm scared mm-hmm. of Nebraska. If that's what they do. I mean that game plan was pretty good. It had Iowa uh, in a bad spot until yeah. Nebraska started being Nebraska, making stupid <laughs> mistakes, yeah. um which kind of was the end of the game at that point. So I uh, com- yeah. completely agree there. Um, Want to talk about Scott Frost real quick. I can't remember, we talked about it before the show. Um, he said <laughs> in his press conference, his press conferences are great. He always finds a way to just screw up and say something inappropriate or wrong. <laughs> um, he said, yeah, the game was over after that pump block. You're down, you're down. He's up six and the game is over, over at the pump block. If you're a player, like how... Compare Scott Frost to Kirk Ferentz. Kirk Ferentz, we win the game. He's in the middle of a press conference. He's trying not to cry because he loves his players so much. Meanwhile, Scott Frost is out there saying, yeah, we lost the game when we were up six. I mean, um, can you just talk me through, like, as a player, what that means to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's great when you play for a guy that cares so much about the game, and cares so much about their players. Um and you know that he's basically always going to have your back. Um, and you know, you know that after a game, right? He's never going to first off, he's never throwing anybody on the under the bus, right? At the end of the day, right? He's, he'll say, you know, something apart um, along the lines of either like that's football, or uh, um, you know, it's on us, right? We have to coach better, and you know, all these different things, right? And Um, you know, it makes it easy to go out and play for a guy like that. And when you see that raw emotion, you know, on Saturdays after big wins, um, it's really like, so this is like why we put in all this work, right? Because obviously like, you know, he cares and he cares so much and it just kind of permeates you the rest of the, the rest of the program. And then when you contrast that with, you know, Scott Frost and he's basically saying like, yeah, like, we had already lost, uh, you know, when that punt was blocked, right? we He's basically saying we might as well just took all of our stuff and went in the locker room and call it the game at that point, right? I mean, like, when you hear that, like, as a player, you're like, well, then did you not believe in us? Did you, is there, is that the reason why we ended up losing the game? Because you said it, you thought it was over, so you just stopped putting us in position to be successful? It's like, um, I don't know. i I mean, I feel like. When your coach is saying things like that, Um, and, you know, I get it, right? He he was on those Nebraska teams where they were obviously really, really good, and they never really had to go through anything a like varsity? how they've been. Yeah, who yeah. they are now. And obviously he won a lot when he was at UCF. Um But, you know, I feel like when when you hear that as a player and you guys know that you're struggling, like you obviously know that struggling, right? You, you want someone – Who's there who's going to have your back and try to pick you guys up instead of, you know, saying all different types of things like uh, I don't know. Obviously, he says a lot of nonsense in his press conference. Almost every but,
0: press conference, he may just say something dumb.
1: But yeah, like you you hear things like that where he's like where he's basically already gave up on gave up on the game. Like you're just like like dude, Like, why would I want to continue to play? Like, I know if it was me, I'd be like, why would I want to continue to play for a guy like that? um you know who who quite frankly you know gives up on his players you know at the beginning of the fourth quarter so
0: yeah it's it's ridiculous i mean and literally you saw the team just i mean it was a completely different nebraska football team after that five minute mark yes Mm -hmm. credit to iowa for for never quitting and playing their hearts out but nebraska that I mean, as much as I hate, Nebraska lost that a lot of that game, I mean Nebraska lost that game. Um, they had the game in their hands, twenty-one to six. They yep. should have won that game. Um, and you have a, a couple botched a couple botched uh, handoffs. Uh, all of a sudden, the pass protection looks like they're a JV squad. I mean, our yep. our pass rush hasn't been that good this season, and all of a sudden we are just blowing up Logan Smothers, who has four or five speed, and all of a sudden can't get out of the pot. I mean, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, mm-hmm. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Nevertheless, though, I'm glad we don't have Scott Frost and we have Kirk Ferentz uh, when he starts almost crying. And you see those, uh, those in locker room, and I'm sure you've experienced this. I obviously haven't, but those in locker room clips where you start goading him on to start crying. It just, uh, it makes you just love him so much more as a coach and it makes you really appreciate having a coach like that at the helm of the Iowa Hawkeye football program. Um, Iowa does win 28 21 10 win season, uh, something that is not a very common thing. I think people are looking at this and be like, Well, we didn't beat that many good teams, who the hell cares? We got 10 wins. This is a big time feat. A lot of teams don't get to do this. Um, it's a big time season for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Any last thoughts before we close out the show, though, LaShawn?
1: Yeah, um, you know, winning 10 games is really hard, right? I only did it one time in my career. Um, you obviously had opportunities practically every single year um but it just frankly just didn't come out that way right it's it's very very hard to win football games in the big 10 um let alone in college football right so like um it's it's impressive feat it's a great year i gotta know that if you told 99 percent of hawkeye fans like before the year started you're like you guys are gonna finish 10 and 2 you'd probably have been like all right. Yeah. Cool. Like yeah. that sounds. That sounds pretty good. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds pretty good. Um. And you know, it's uh, it's really impressive for the team. Um. That they uh were able to fight through some adversity, right, all the way from being, you know, number two in the country to losing to Purdue to battling back and finishing the season strong. Um. You know, it's really just uh credit to the players and the staff um you know not giving up and continuing to fight even though that uh you know you probably had a different outlook you know halfway through the year versus you know the second half but that's all right um so yeah that's really pretty much all i gotta say uh you know excited for these guys you know moving forward they're gonna be in a good they're gonna be in a good bowl game um to make it to the big 10 championship it'd be even better um so but definitely excited for for definitely what the future brings and what we can see, you know, from from this Iowa squad because yeah, there's a guy group of guys that that, that don't quit and that keep that keep going. And the last thing I got to say is, uh, go Hawks and uh, let's
0: roll that boat today. <laughs> oh man, you said it. You said it. Now, you know, I had to like you had to like die a little inside when you said that. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> row 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 that boat, PJ. Uh, we need you to get that W. We also need. Penn State to knock off Michigan State, and honestly, mm. um, you're gonna hate me for saying this, but I would prefer to play Michigan. So uh go Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, uh-huh. man. I know, I know that. I know that hurts deep inside. You're probably like, "Why did I even join this show?" Um, <laughs> but anyway, Hawkeye Nation, we as always appreciate you tuning in uh, after every single game for a post game recap. Uh, Lashawn has been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to at least one more episode, possibly. Two, if Iowa goes to the Big Ten championship games, it should be a lot of fun. Um, Hawkeye Nation, appreciate you tuning in. If you want help with how to bet on any games today at betonline.ag, check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Serling of Paramount Sports. Um, That will do it for our show today. We'll be back Monday through Friday this upcoming week breaking down everything that is happening. If we get a Big Ten Championship game, we'll be breaking that down. If we don't, we'll be talking a lot of basketball and hyper- or, uh, hyperlatives with what is going on with this football team. So, Hawkeye Nation, appreciate you tuning in. Have a fantastic Saturday and even better weekend. And as always, let's go Hawks. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait.